Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Digital Marketing Agency Builders Podcast. In this show, we discuss the rapidly advancing digital marketing industry and how to grow a profitable marketing agency with some of the best minds in the space. Since 2015, Tyler Narducci has been building and scaling his own digital agency, helping businesses grow and market their services and products through online advertising. Now, he's helping other startup digital agencies launch and scale rapidly to six figures with the Done For You Agency program. If you are interested in taking your agency to the next level and skip all those painful mistakes most have to make by learning directly from those killing it in the digital agency space, then apply now at dfy-agency-program.com scale. That's dfy-agency-program.com scale. There will be a clickable link in the podcast show notes below. Now, let's dive into today's episode. to the next episode of the Digital Marketing Agency Builders podcast. I'm your host, Tyler Narducci, and I have with me today, Harry Morton. Harry Morton is the UK-based founder and CEO of Lower Street, a podcast production agency specializing in creating shows for agencies, startups, and enterprise clients. As more agencies rush to get into audio, it's giving rise to lots of half-baked productions that nobody wants to actually listen to. Uh, And according to Harry, it's not enough to just sit for 30 minutes and talk if you want to stand out from the growing competition. Much more goes into building and running listen-worthy and ROI-positive podcasts. Harry rapidly grew his agency from 500K to $1 million in just six months, and his team of producers, audio engineers, and marketers have launched more than 50 podcasts and produced thousands of episodes. Their client roster includes the number one UK business podcast, Secret Leaders, brands like Hewlett Packard Enterprise and Stanford Graduate School of Business, as well as multiple hugely successful agency podcasts. Harry is also the happy father of two, avid mountain biker and the occasional music producer. Harry, I'm so excited to have you here on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. What an intro. That was, uh, that's a lot. Um, so yeah, thanks a lot. <laughs> you have quite a background, which is why we definitely want to have you here on the show. I think it's going to be uh, an awesome episode. Let's go ahead and just dive right in. First, uh, of course, congratulations on your massive success with your agency, Lower Street. Can you share with us just a little bit about your journey, why you started your agency in the first place, and then how you ended up in the podcasting niche? Yeah, sure. So I guess audio has always been uh, a part of my my background. Um, I grew up, uh, to start with a bit of a a backstory, I grew up um, in this tiny town called Froome in Somerset, which is like a small uh, market town. Not a lot goes on there. And in the mid 90s, I was like 12 years old and we, we grew up with not a lot of money. We didn't have a lot of stuff. Um, but my sister and I, the one thing we did used to do growing up together was make these little like radio plays on little cassette tapes um, on this tiny little kind of radio thing that we had. And we'd make dumb stuff. We'd make like ads for like, um, for, for like chewing gum or toothpaste or something. And, and we'd do like interviews with movie stars and like all this kind of, you know, cheesy stuff. You were, you you were making ads, like yeah. fake ads as a kid. Yeah. It was just funny to us to like make. Oh my God. Fake if ads. that wasn't a sign you were supposed to be a marketer one day, I don't, I don't know what it is. <laughs> You're right. So we did that. And I remember one, one time uh, around, yeah, that's like 19, 1997, I was 12 years old and I uh, saw this ad on, in a newspaper on the, uh, on the coffee table in our living room for a compact computer, this huge gray, ugly box thing with like, you know, a floppy drive and a, and a CD-ROM, 16 megabytes of RAM. I was like blown away. This 12-year-old version of me was like, I've got to have this thing. 
And so uh, I hatched a plan with my sister to to kind of convince my mum that this was the thing that we had to buy by creating one of these ads that we used to make on our on our cassette tapes. We went up to this thing. We made this we made this big kind of pitch for why she should buy us this thing. And we took it downstairs <laughs> and plonked the, the, the cassette tape player in front of her and hit play and like nervously watched her as she kind of listened to this thing. And like, you know, the end of the ad comes and you get that kind of hiss, that kind of like sound at the end of the cassette tape. And uh, like, I was just sitting there ready for her to go, like, we can't afford it and give us all these like questions and all this kind of stuff. But she was just like, cool, let's, let's do it. And like, my mind was blown. I was like doing backflips and it was the coolest thing ever. Um, but that was, I guess, like my first kind of successful piece of branded content. That was like, what, you know, this is kind of, I've been doing this thing for a long time and, um, and, uh, and it worked for me then. And we've been, and that's exactly what we're doing today. So in our agency, we're, we're telling stories for brands all the time um, and really passionate about it. So yeah, I, I went from there to, 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 to working in audio industry in general. Um, and then it was about five years ago that I, um, after working in a bunch of kind of sales and marketing roles, actually, that I kind of wanted to combine those two things into starting my own company and kind of um, trying to ride this, ride this podcast wave that we seem to be on. It's, uh, it's been a really kind of exciting time in podcasting. And uh, yeah, it's been a lot of fun being a part of it. It's been awesome to see the, the podcasting thing rise up so strong. And um you know, I'm not, you would know this better than I have, I would, but it seems like the podcasting thing, it really hasn't like died off. Like I kind of, when I saw it rising up so hot and fast, I was like, oh my gosh, this is cool. But mm -hmm. like in my head, I kind of thought it was going to go the way of like NFTs did. Like, I don't know if like, NFTs were like insane. Everyone's talking about NFTs and now like, like barely no one's talking about NFTs and like, everyone's like, how the hell did they sell that picture of a monkey for $4 million at one point? Like, and I kind of thought that podcasting was going to be kind of similar to that. And like people, it was, it was a cool, hot new thing. And then it was going to go away, but podcasts are still like super strong. They're everywhere. Like, and people that are, are not in them are, are getting in them and, and, you know, just realizing that this is the new normal. It wasn't a fad. That's right. And I think like, I think that's part of the, part of the fact, part of the reason, sorry, is um, that it isn't new in many respects, like podcasting, podcasting as a kind of a way to deliver this kind of content is, is new, I guess, but like radio has been around forever and radio is still like a huge part of millions of people's lives. It's uh, it's still like, you know, outperforms podcasting in terms of the number of people that it reaches on a daily basis. Yeah. So I guess, like, talk radio is not, not anything new at all. It's just a way of kind of getting it into people's lives that's way more convenient way more based around your exact interests and needs and, and niches that you're in and all that kind of stuff um yeah. so to me it makes perfect sense i you know i think it's um it's definitely not something that it's a behavior we want to listen to stuff we want to hear stories we want to educate ourselves um i don't think that's going to go anywhere so um the shape no, of we're like built for like wanting to hear a story like if you just look at tiktok like some of the most viral tiktoks ever like from an account that has like no followers and then all of a sudden the video gets like a million hits. It's because the person told like a really interesting story. I mean, and they even talk like, okay, story time. And then they go into like a three minute TikTok that goes mega viral. And it's from somebody that was nobody, you know, before that story. And why? Just because they were effective storytellers. And there's a huge lesson there for brands and, and everybody, you know, getting into the podcast. When you started Lower Street, were you, what, were you, I mean, was it originally started to help companies in audio or did you do something different and then shift into that? No, it was that from the very beginning. Um, I think I'd, I'd come from kind of corporate sales before that. So I kind of understood the needs and wants of brands and, and I'd worked in 
you know, well, when I was a kid, I was making adverts on cassette tapes for, for Christ's sake. But like, uh, but then, you know, in like my professional career, we were, I was a lot of the stuff I was working on was was ads and and kind of traditional agency stuff. Um, so I kind of I got the language and knew that was the area that I wanted to be in. And I think basically, uh, brands have the budget to do really cool things. And I think if the right agencies can kind of help them to to do that right, to use it, to use it well and make good stuff, then we can make stuff that's, that's as good as anything else that's out there. Cause I think that's a lot of times um, folks kind of, when they start as a brand making a podcast, they think that they're competing with other brands like them that making podcasts, but actually what you're competing for is like Joe Rogan or Mark Marin or whatever other podcasts you could be spending your time listening to. So really yeah. we want to focus on making actually genuinely listenable content um, and that's what gets me really excited. So I, I, I love working with brands because they have the budgets to, to allow us to kind of create some really cool stuff. Right. Because like, I, I think another way to say what you said, or at least how I heard it is people don't want to listen to a brand's podcast because it's the brand putting out the podcast. Like, oh, it sounds terrible, actually. Who wants to listen to a company's podcast? In commercial, right. <laughs> right. Like who wants to listen to that? They want to hear, they want to hear what the story is that they're telling. Like they want to hear the valuable content that they're producing. If they're producing garbage about their brand and their company and everything, no one wants to hear that, you know? So it, it's, it's more about going out there and giving them what they actually want to listen to, entertainment, ultimately. Exactly. That's ultimately what it is. And then you're just aligning your brand with that. You're building an audience. You own that audience but you're not sort of shoving your your brand's message down their throat you're just kind of hanging out with these with these people in your community on a weekly basis or a daily basis or a bi-weekly basis whatever that looks like yeah that's the value that's so awesome so you were able to grow your agency uh your podcasting agency like rapidly so you were talking from 500k to a million or doubling uh the the top line revenue in just six months um you know, what went into that in terms of being able to do that? And what should our listeners do if they also want to be able to scale their agencies quickly as like you did? Yeah. So I think um, one of the main things was through podcasts, right? Like we, we, we eat our own dog food here and we're, we're passionate about podcasting. And, and that's one of the things that we um, have utilized. I think particularly when we're talking about agencies using podcasts, one of the ways that it works so fantastically is it's, it's a phenomenal door opener. Like you would be amazed by the seniority, the level of folks that you can have a conversation with if you invite them onto your podcast. It's much harder if you say, hey, can I send you my sales deck? Or, hey, can I like invite you to this event at some thing that's kind of hard to turn up to? But instead of you say, hey, just you stay in your office, you just jump on a call with me and we're going to make a podcast and you're going to speak to my audience of people that want to hear your opinion. That's a wonderful way to start a relationship with an account that you want to be working with. And so that's exactly what we did. We set up some podcasts in, in various different uh, kind of niches to to speak to uh, the folks that we we wanted to work with um, and it was just a fabulous way to to get known within that industry so you kind of create almost like an echo chamber within that sort of space um, but then also uh, it just is a, a straightforward relationship starter so almost for us when we're producing this and for a lot of the agencies that we produce podcasts for almost the audience is like the, the benefit. It's like the icing on the cake. Whereas actually the, the, just the process of making the show is like the immediate benefit. Um, and so that's, that's, that was a big part of what we did to, uh, from a sales perspective to grow. That is, that is like insanely like a ninja tactic because it's, it's completely like, I don't know, it's, it's the opposite of what you think you would need to do. Uh, and like the, I don't know, the process of it is the actual 
leverage right. that you're getting instead of so you're you're able to approach. So just make, let me just clear this up. You were reaching out to uh, your ideal clients, right? Inviting them onto your show right. to talk shop on an episode and yep. creating that that environment where you can actually talk after the show exactly. uh, about their actual audio needs. Uh, and you've approached them, you've built the rapport, you know, crazier than anyone ever could on a quick call. Right. And you now have a, you know, a, a great in with that company because they, they know you, they trust you, they like you because they jammed with you on a podcast an episode. Hour, an hour talking with you, which is much longer than you'd ever get someone on a sales call for. Um, you've stroked their ego because you've said, hey, look, I respect your opinion. and I want to share that with my audience. Um, you've understood their problems and the things that they're working through and the challenges that they're facing by the questions that you ask on the show. Um, and then naturally you kind of hit the stop button after the, the show's recorded and they say, Hey, so tell me what you're working on. And like, you know, they just ask those questions out of, you know, normal human politeness. Yeah. Uh, I think it's important to say here, like this strategy works only works if you have like a really robust sales system behind it. Like you need those really strong follow-ups and all this kind of stuff. Um, but, but it is just a, a wonderful, uh, kind of thing and then as i say then the audience piece that you get at, at the back of it because a lot of folks from brands that are starting podcasts to to sort of market themselves they're thinking about it as like okay i've got to grow this audience and then i'm going to monetize the audience by selling you know you know a, a percentage of them are going to reach out to us to work with us and that does happen but that's just a way longer sales cycle um it's much longer to because firstly it takes a while to grow a podcast audience you know you, we really need to be publishing for six months plus before we start to see those numbers really kind of tick up as i'm sure you could attest to with your yeah. experience here um and then when we've got that audience folks aren't always ready to take action today. Like who knows, they could be ready today. They could be ready in 12 months. It's so super slow burn. Yeah. Slow burn and, and, and basically really hard to measure because it's so slow. You know, it's like hard to say like, Hey, we're investing X dollars in, in podcasting. What's it delivering for us? So we wanted to figure out how to close that loop. And one of the things that we've done to address that is exactly that the guests on the show, they are the value. And then everything that happens after the fact is, is, uh, is icing on the cake. That's so awesome. I think that is incredibly valuable for any agency listening to this. It's, it's, you're not, when you start, when you get into podcasting uh, for your agency, the target, the number one target is your uh, guests actually that can become your clients. And then the secondary targets are the audience members listening to that. Uh, and I think there's also this, this giant feedback loop too, because as you put out more content, right? Not only uh, your audience, but also your guests are getting your new episodes. They're getting your content that you're putting out that you're creating during the episodes. And so it continually creates more touch points down the line in your social channels when your new episodes come out. 100%. Yep. And, and by the way, we know that that audience that we're building is going to be relevant to us because if we're featuring our ideal fit clients as guests on the show, then the people that want to listen to that are like their competitors or their friends, colleagues, whatever. Like we know that's it's going to be swimming in that same world. So we're sort of guaranteed to get the right listenership too. So, okay. The only question I do have about this process is what was the podcast about? What were the podcast episodes about with these ideal clients? What were you speaking about? So uh, one example is that we, we produced a podcast um, for, uh, we, we serve a, a few law firms. And we wanted to work with more law firms. So we started a podcast called That One Case. Ah, so you created podcasts for each niche that you wanted to work with. Correct. Correct. And so, but that, you know, that's just because, you know, we're into it and we want to go super niche and make a bunch of these things. Um, like that's not the approach for everybody. Like a lot of agencies will have a clear, def clearly defined niche and that's what they got. So they, it's not right. like everyone has to make a bunch of different podcasts. But for us, yes, we wanted to say 
we work with law firms we also work with other groups but so we this was one um campaign for us that we wanted to focus on so we just interviewed founders um and partners of law firms in north america and just asked them to tell us the 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 focus of that show was very simple it was called that one case it was just them telling stories of like some big wins in their careers or whatever just to get them talking about kind of you know their background and and what they've learned and and how that could educate other kind of folks trying to rise up to the, the position that they're in so I, I mentioned ego stroke before. That's exactly what that was, right? People love. Oh my god! And lawyers, they love to brag about their <laughs> about their cases. And so, like, you know, we had no problem getting some really senior and successful lawyers to to spend time with us because. Oh yeah. That that was an easy sell, right? So, um, yeah, it's uh, lawyers. It's a, they want to be on the bus. They want to be on the bench. They want to be on the radio, and they want to tell you about this massive settlement that they got like they're some of the biggest like the easiest people I think are niche to stroke their ego so I think it's a but ultimately really like great it's talkers, such, by the way so they make good podcast guests which was a nice added bonus you know you they, said uh, they're very what they're very good talkers they're great communicators you know it's kind of part of the gig so um so that meant that we made, made a, a half decent show too so that was good I love it. I love it. So the for those of you guys out there listening that are thinking about creating an agency or creating a podcast for your agency, you know, just stick with your niche, stick with what you know, reach out to your ideal clients, jam with them for 30 minutes to an hour about their marketing uh, or or their business and how they're growing it. And then uh, put them in through your sales cycle afterward. Uh, it's it's a, an amazing tactic. I love to hear that. Um, so I've always been a huge fan of utilizing podcasts for agency growth. What would be um, some of the main things that you would advise to an agency owner that wants to grow their podcast? How do they get more listeners? For sure. Really, really common question. So I think we talked about how you want to use the the guests as the driver for the kind of uh, the ROI, basically, um, and that the audience is almost like icing on the cake. However, we still want to really, really think very carefully about the audience that we're seeking to serve. So we don't right. just want to put stuff out there just because it's great sales collateral. Like we want to actually make a show that people are going to want to listen to. And, and so really understanding who our target listener is, understanding what shows they're already listening to is a really great education on how we can grow our podcast. If we understand like the the sort of neighborhood within which this podcast is going to live, the competitive landscape, we can firstly inform the way that we produce the show. So like of the top performing shows, like, you know, basic questions, like how long are episodes? Like are people make, are engaging with shows that are like super long or super short or whatever? Um, uh, and also just so we can get some, some guidance on the kind of show that we should produce, be producing because any advice I can give you on growing a podcast is not going to matter a, a damn if you're not making a good podcast that people want to listen to. So that's the so, so important to, to hit. So having that laser focus on who our listener is. Uh, but then once we build up that, that sort of competitive landscape, that also informs how we're going to market it as well, because we can then, the best way to market a podcast is to get in front of other podcast audiences where they're already listening to shows that are like yours, right? So, you know, one of the ways that folks often think to grow their podcast audience is what well, we use Facebook ads, we use Instagram ads, we use LinkedIn ads, whatever, to grow these other channels. We're just going to pile a bunch of money into um, promoting our podcast that's great for building awareness of the podcast but what we found over the years is that it's incredibly difficult to make that leap from casually scrolling through your instagram feed and like hitting the like button to then spending 30 to 40 minutes listening to a really in-depth piece of content on a podcast 
So mm-hmm. while it's very easy to spend a bunch of advertising dollars on Facebook, they're good at generating those clicks and getting our money. Actually, we found that you might get some listeners, but they just they drop off immediately afterwards because they're not engaged in the same way. So instead, what we want to do is um, put our podcast in front of folks that are already in that podcast mode. And so the first way of doing that is by being on other podcasts. Wow. So, so guess you put yourself out there to like you're doing on my, on my show right now, speak on other podcasts. Um, yes. and, and I guess name drop your podcast while you're on it or exactly. So that's, that's the first way is like, just be a guest on other shows that are relevant. And so again, I just want to come back to, we want to understand our audience, what shows they're already engaging with. And that will kind of inform the kinds of shows we should be pitching ourselves for. But so, so yeah, being a guest on one is, is one way. The second way is, um, uh, is, is partnerships. So if you can find other closely aligned shows that have a similar kind of audience or subject matter, but they're kind of non-competitive, then um, cross promotions is a really great way to, to kind of build awareness. And that's almost like you can think of it like an Instagram feed takeover or whatever, where you'll shout out their show, they'll shout out yours um, because that endorsement from the host. So as a listener of a podcast, I have a real relationship with you, the host. And so I feel like I trust your your opinion, your um, your thoughts on things. And so when you say, hey, if you like this show, you're going to love this one over here. You know, I'm much more likely to take action on that. So if you do that and partner with other podcasters, um, there can be a, a lot of benefit to that. And then I guess the third way is the pay to play version of that. So you can kind of just sponsor other podcasts. And that's what we do with our clients many times is we'll find shows that are aligned with the content that we want to um, get in front of and then sponsor it and have the host read out an endorsement for our show as part of a sponsorship kind of agreement. So, so the part, the second one, the partnership one, yeah, that is two, a two podcast uh, hosts that agree that they want the, the cross promotion, neither yeah. one charges each other uh, and they shout out each other's show on their most recent episode. And Correct. maybe drop a link to it in the um, link to it. You might, sometimes you even do like an episode drop. Um, uh, people do that frequently as well, where you'd literally play an episode of another podcast on your feed and say, hey, look, we just wanted to take there's a bonus episode for today. We just thought that you'd love this. If you like the show, you'll love this one. Here's a sample of it, because then folks are actually getting a, a real taste of that episode. Wow. Really, really well. So for you in the agency world, there's like a million and one agency podcasts. Yeah. A lot of partners you could find out there that, that may, might be willing to, um, to, to, to do that. Yeah. I'm already like going through, I'm like, oh my God, there's so many cross promo opportunities that I haven't, I haven't even uh, dipped into. One thing I do see as a, you know, a podcast show owner is just an inundation of emails from different companies that want to promote their, their person. Uh, and so you, I, I never have, like, I never run dry on, on getting to choose who I want on my show or because there's constantly opportunities out there. Um, are those typically from companies like yours or different, or they have a different model and, you know, is that the best way for a show owner to get on other shows is to go through one of those companies? Or do you recommend that that show just start guerrilla style messaging the owners? Like, what would you recommend if a, a podcast host wants to start getting on other shows using the step one you talked about so step one being a guest on other on other podcasts it's really um it depends how much time and how much budget you've got so we work with we don't actually do any of this guest booking ourselves we work with a partner we work with a company called speak on podcasts um free shout out for them they're they're really great Um, i've gotten several guests from them they are great yes there you go so that they're really good um 
but obviously it's not free, right? So you got to you got to pay for that. But you know, we cannot build these lists of shows that we want to be on and just reach out directly ourselves, guerrilla style, like you said. That totally works as well, but um, that's going to take more of your time. So it's just kind of a, a, a yeah. Do you have more time, or do you have more more budget? Um, right. And do you, like when you work with your clients, do you help them figure out like okay, we're going to get you on this show, or we're going to uh, or we're going to do a cross promo here, or we're going to do, uh, you know, an episode swap there. Like, is that all part of the strategy that you put together for your clients? Exactly. Yeah. We'll, we'll plan out like the best, the best shows to approach and the best ways to work with them. Um, typically what we're doing on behalf of the client is, is the sponsorship side of things. So, you know, buying that exposure. Um, but we, 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 we work to sort of create a really kind of robust all around plan that covers all the different bases. Um, yeah. So, I mean, there are other, there are other channels as well beyond that. So we, we, um, getting in front of other podcast audiences is, is one of those. Um, but also there are ways to get in front of, um, folks when they're in their podcasting apps too. So there are some apps that allow you to buy kind of buy ads within them. Um, but also the teams at Apple and Spotify and all of the apps, uh, they have humans curating the content that makes it onto their home screen. So a lot of times people will hear, mention of um new and noteworthy a lot of people like obsess over i've got to be a new and noteworthy when my podcast launches which is an, in an increasingly hard uh tall order but um but the way that that's created is is by human beings who are listening to shows and deciding what makes what makes the cut to kind of make it onto the home page and so um kind of pitching your content to to be featured there is is another really kind of strong way to to get some exposure and um but you can only do that if you have really great show really great content um and so that, that, that step obviously comes first. It's, that's the caveat to all of these strategies is make good stuff, but yeah. Yeah. So one thing that, you know, I want to ask you, cause it comes to my mind. Cause like I, I run a program called the done for your agency program. We work with agency owners all the time, helping them to grow in many different ways. One of the things that I've had in my program since the very beginning was start your own agency podcast. There's a ton of benefit. And one of the things that I've always kind of thought and shared with my, with my agency owners that I work with is like, you don't have to have like hundreds of thousands of listeners or even thousands of listeners on every single episode. If you put out a podcast, and you have very few listeners, but those listeners are the people that have gone through your sales pipeline mm -hmm. and they're going back and they're hearing you speak as an authority figure in your market. Uh, then what you're doing is you're just like blowing out trust uh, all of a sudden. And now you're, now you're this authority figure and you're not just some person that was trying to sell them, you know, on, on your high ticket, uh, closing call, right? Like they're that, that piece, that episode, that podcast episode is a really good authority builder to kind of drop in their email in during the sales process to just really get them to be like, okay, you know, this guy knows what he's talking about. Uh, and I, you know, I have confidence in him. So is, is that something that, you know, you guys are constantly aware of? Like, are you more like we want a bunch of followers driven or is it more about like who's listening rather than how many? Yeah. You? Absolutely the the former. So like everybody wants more listeners, right? Like it's important from, you know, you've got to, you want to spread the, the net as wide as you can to sort of increase your chances of, of getting kind of leads and stuff out of it. But at the same time, we really want to focus on getting the right people. So like one of the, the analogies I, I often give is like, if you ran like a small event in your local city and you got like a thousand people that showed up to that, that were in your industry, like yeah. you'd be absolutely blown away by that as a result. Like that would be a huge win, right? Um, whereas folks will often look, oh, I've only got a thousand downloads on my podcast, like this sucks, like, or I've only got 200. And it's like, well, if you had 200 people in a room, that would be amazing. So I think we need to kind of, social media can often kind of 
inflate our expectations of what good is. And actually, oftentimes, 200 yeah. people that are the right people is like a massive win. So I would say that. Huge. Um, if you have, I mean, if you only have 200 people, but five of those people buy your $15,000 service, yep. I mean, that, that's a massive win. I would much rather have 200 people and five people buy than 200,000 people with everyone just listening. Exactly. Like, yeah. Yeah. We, yeah, we have clients in the agency space that have closed millions of dollars in revenue off a handful of people that have done business with them as a result of the podcast, all quoting, hey, look, I listened to the show and this is one of the reasons I reached out. So to your point, as like this, this nurture piece, like, hey, we've, we've contacted this account, the timing wasn't right, um, but like, you know, but they listened to our show and in six months time, they've been, they've, we've had them in our earbuds for six months like who are they going to think of when they want to do business? Well, it's probably you. So um, this person that they know, like, and trust. So uh, for sure. And every time you drop a new episode, it gives you another reason to reach out and hit their inbox and reach out and and be on their newsfeed. And like, you know, there's so much that you can build from just starting with a, a simple podcast episode. And we'll get to that actually in a second, but I do want to ask you first, how often uh, should a podcast, let's say you have a brand new agency owner, like, all right, I'm going to start my own podcast. Uh, I know first off, it can be really daunting to them because people who've never been into podcasting, they think, oh my God, podcasting, like it has to be like this big production and, you know, I, I'm not ready for it. And like what I learned when I started this thing was that it really is, it's pretty straightforward. You don't have to overdo it with all like these crazy things. Uh, mm -hmm. So first thing I want to ask you is what software would you recommend, software and hardware would you recommend for uh, someone who just wants to get started in podcasting? Yeah, sure. So, uh, so hardware, you need a microphone, um, get yourself an ATR 2100 USB microphone. Um, or if you're feeling flush, get a, a, a Shure NV7. They're a little bit more expensive. Like we're still talking a couple of hundred bucks, not breaking the bank too much, but, yeah. um, but that, that they, those work really, really well. Um, headphones always wear headphones. Don't use earbuds uh, as in AirPods. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, actually, yeah. Next time, Tyler, get your head. Learning, I'm learning as we go. That's why I had you here. <laughs> so that that really helps, and the reason that that helps, by the way, is it stops the um, the the if I'm speaking and it's coming through your speakers, it's going to get picked up by your microphone. It's like, yeah, it's not not ideal from a sound perspective. So headphones right. is really great. And that leads me to the third thing, which is software. So we're right now we're speaking on Zoom, which is amazing. Everybody knows how to use it. You can't you can't miss it. It never fails. However. Be because Zoom's tech is so clever that we'll never see drop off. Um, like we're always going to be connected and the, the line is always good. What that means is they're compressing this audio really hard. So it's like super low bandwidth audio. And what we really want for, for the best kind of sound um, experience is we want a, the maximum bandwidth. So there are tools that allow us to do that. Riverside.fm um, is a platform that I really recommend um, that, um, that allows you to record your video and audio in, in, high fidelity um uh so that you can use it for podcasting so that i would strongly recommend that it's like sort of 20 dollars a month i think is their starter package on on riverside and it just means the the audio and video that you're capturing is is of the best quality so that that always massively helps so yeah atr 2100 usb microphone a pair of headphones and riverside and you'll be you'll be set Good to go. Love it. You know, my favorite thing about doing this show is when I bring these experts on that are like total experts in their field and they make me better uh, all along, just along with the audience, which is awesome. Um, how often should a podcast show host be putting out episodes? Is there a magic number here or? There really isn't. I think the most, look, agency owners, we're all like insanely busy, right? That's just like the life of an agency owner. We're always on meetings. There's a million and one things to do. So the thing that I always say is 
firstly, consistency is so important in podcasting. What we want to do is build a habit in our listeners so they know, okay, every Tuesday, every Thursday, whatever the day it is, I know I'm going to get an episode of this from this from this person, and it just builds that habit into their routine. So consistency and delivering on that consistently is super important. So what what that why that's relevant here is that basically we need to commit to a to a release schedule that we know we can commit to. So a lot of times folks will say, look, I can't do every week; it's too much. I'm going to do it every two weeks, and that's totally cool. If you say every two weeks is the thing, and you commit to that, and you do that week in week out or every other weekend, every other week out, then, uh, then you're good. To, then that, that's a really good thing. It's much better to do that than to start weekly and then sort of like miss the every other week, you know, like, yeah, because hop. so you're saying what you're saying is essentially you want, you want to build predictability in when you're going to drop another episode so that the people who do like your show know when they can get more content. Exactly. Now the cutoff for how frequently to do it is a month. If you do every any anything less than every two weeks and folks just will forget that the show exists is what we found. So it's very hard to build that momentum and that following. So it's not worth doing unless you can do it every two weeks in my view. However, the more frequently you can do it, if we're talking about this account-based marketing approach where we're inviting our best fit clients on as guests, well, then there's no upper limit to the amount of conversations we want to be having to, to facilitate that. So um, there's a balance to be struck. I think we want to be doing, we want to focus on quantity, uh, sorry, quality, not quantity. Um, but, you know, if we can manage to do weekly, that's awesome. If we can manage to do two week, two two episodes a week, that's, that's really great too. So just whatever is is realistic for you in the long term. Love it. Okay. Um, is there a magic length of time an episode should be? No. So the, one of the things that uh, gets thrown around our industry a lot is the, this sort of uh, this, this, this phrase that, that an episode should be as long as it needs to be and not a moment longer. And what we mean by that is like, you want to give it enough time that you can cover all the things that need to be covered, but you just don't want to have all, all the extra waffle, the, the kind of fluff, the, the filler. Um, so you want it to be as tight as you can to get all of the things across that you need to get across. Um, there's no one right answer. Joe Rogan is the biggest podcaster in the world and his episodes are insanely long. Crazy um, long. Carlin, you know, hardcore history is like, you know, four hours marathon things um, and they're wildly popular. However, I would love to see Joe Rogan's stats though. Like do people like, I would love to see, do people drop off after one, uh, one hour with him or are they really there the whole time? Exactly. Well, only he can give us that answer. Yeah, it's clearly working. Something's working for him. But I think for most podcasters, the answer is probably somewhere around the 30 minute mark. If we think about like, how, how long is the average TV show that we're engaging with? Like how, what's our, the average attention span, basically, yeah. I think that kind of somewhere between 20 and 40 minutes is the right thing. And, and whatever's right for each individual um, is for them to decide. But I would encourage everybody, no matter how long your episode is, to just edit more, take more out. Cause there's almost certainly in every conversation, there's some fluff. I know I waffle on like crazy. So I hope you're going to edit the hell out of me today. <laughs> but there's, there's just definitely, you know, a lot of stuff that can be taken out. And so uh, the shorter, the better, I guess is, is one way of thinking about it. Learning something new every day. I love it. Uh, so many people think podcasting is hard uh, just in general, and that's what prevents them from getting started on it. What are your thoughts on podcasting is hard? Yeah, I think um, I think the consistency is hard, like we've talked about, like saying I'm going to do this show and then doing it every day, uh, every week for 52 weeks straight um, is in a year is, is, is hard work. So I think that's tricky. Um, generally speaking, the barriers to entry in podcasting are, are pretty low. They're much 
it's much easier to start a podcast comparatively speaking than it is to create a really successful YouTube channel, for example, because there's just so much more to consider. Like we're shooting video here, but we're doing it. We're doing like talking heads style, right? It's like pretty easy. Yeah. Uh, you know, rel relatively speaking, we're not got, we're not going to like studios and lights and all this kind of stuff. So I think podcasting has a much lower barrier to entry. Um, everyone has something to share. And so we can all jump on the mic and do that. Um, I think the hard bit comes in when we're thinking about how do we actually make something that's truly differentiated and valuable to our audience and not just more noise. Uh, and then I think doing that on a consistent basis is, is kind of hard. Um, yeah. Yeah. But that, that's, uh, I agree with all that. I think and in addition, I just want to add like, just like anything, do it like don't right. don't be scared to do it just jump in the water's fine you're gonna do fine right. it's not gonna be perfect when you start like, at all uh yeah. but you're gonna learn you're gonna grow and you'll get there what are uh and this like i mentioned this earlier that like i one of the things i love podcasting for is how valuable the the original content piece is right mm -hmm. like the the hour that you talk on here I think can go so much further to help your business uh, than just this episode. So in your opinion, what are some ways that you can, uh, an agency can repurpose a single podcast episode to further their own marketing efforts? Yeah, for sure. So I think like the, the, the absolute basics are get a transcript done of each episode. That's great for your, for your SEO. It's also great for accessibility to make sure that everyone can kind of consume this stuff that you're making. So transcripts are super important. What do you um, do with those? Uh, just, I mean, literally having them up alongside the episodes on your website is 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 just great um, so that folks that need them can get them um, and so that Google can crawl them. So that's always helpful. Um, so that's the first one. And then, of course, like the next obvious answer is um, uh, social media. So creating snippets, uh, audiograms, as they're called, uh, or just kind of like um, quote cards or whatever, like all of this sort of social content that comes um, from it. I think what we've seen is that like audiograms are the kind of popular way of promoting a podcast uh, on social. We don't necessarily see the highest engagement with them though, um, because they're not sort of like social native. So I think one of the things that we can do is uh, think about using social platforms natively in the sense of like, so in, we've just recorded this episode, Tyler, you might then jump on like I don't know, Instagram live might be your thing or whatever. And just go, I just shot this amazing uh, episode with this and like shooting it on your phone. Right. So you're like using it like right in, in the experience there making native content. I think that's the point I'm trying to make talking to this, you know, Bozo from the UK. It's great. You're going <laughs> to tune in next week when this thing goes live. Like those are really great short and sweet opportunities to get in front of your audience and kind of um, make them aware of the stuff that you're, that you're doing. Um, and I think that also podcasts are just really wonderful opportunities to repurpose other long form bits of written content. So, you know, we're talking here about podcasting. You could go away and use this or someone on your team could go away and use this to, to write a blog post about how to create an agency podcast or, or whatever, you know. Um, so it's pretty ripe material for sort of chopping up and using in all sorts of different ways. The final it's one I mentioned is that YouTube is, the, is a really growing space for discovery of podcasts. Um, and that's, we talked about Joe Rogan before. That's what got Joe Reg Rogan famous was this incredible strategy he had of not only putting up the whole episode so you could listen to that on YouTube, um, but also uh, having those like eight to 12 minute chunks where it's sort of like Elon Musk on marijuana or Elon Musk on, you know, the latest solar technology, well, I don't know, whatever the topics are, AI, um, those kinds of things. And those are really kind of like bite-sized chunks that 
are very easy to sample and find and discover, but they're also like really SEO rich. And of course, YouTube is the second biggest search engine out there. So um, that's a really great opportunity as well. So those are the, the main, the main buckets I would think about. Yeah. And like, I, it's like, I can't even overstate how huge those buckets are. Like they're the amount of possibilities that an agency owner, uh, you know, it, different ways that an agency owner can take content, whether it's snippets, uh, written form from the transcripts, blogs, uh, you know, I, one of the things I love to do is I love to take, you know, less than one minute clips uh, of, you know, you speaking or me speaking, put it on Instagram, share it with, uh, you know, our internal Facebookers. And there's just, there's just so much. And it's, and it's an amazing place to start when you're looking for content. A lot of people, they do it backwards. They, okay, I need to create a piece of content for Twitter. Now a piece of content for Instagram. I need a piece, and they're just, they're, they're running themselves dry because they're trying to create content for each channel. Instead, have a single podcast episode and you have content for everybody. <laughs> Job it up. Yep. Totally yeah. agree. All right. Last question here. It's something I ask every uh, guest that comes on my show. What is the number one piece of advice you would give to someone that is just starting their agency? Uh, nobody knows what they're doing. Um, I think I, 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 we all, I think we all uh, suffer from some degree of imposter syndrome, but certainly for me, I came into this with no contacts in the industry and no idea really what I was doing. And I was figuring out as I went along and I thought, well, everyone will find out I'm a fraud and uh, this will never work out. But actually, the longer I go along in this business, the more I realize nobody else knows what they're doing either. And we're all just trying to figure it out. So just back yourself and, and go for it. That is phenomenal advice. I actually, I remember the, the day I realized that as like a, a, a young adult, like, like turning into a real adult and being like, oh my God, like growing up as a kid, I thought our parents and like our teachers and everybody, like they, they knew what they were talking about. And as an, now I'm an adult and I'm like, they had no idea. They were guessing the whole time. Uh, so great advice. Harry, thanks again so much for being on this episode. Uh, I know if I learned a ton, I know the audience learned a, a heck of a lot as well. So this is a really valuable episode. Awesome. Thanks for having me. It's been a blast. That's going to be it for today's episode. If you're ready to take your agency to the next level and have your leads, your team, and your sales all done for you, then apply now at dfy-agency-program.com scale. That's dfy-agency-program.com scale. There will be a clickable link in the podcast show notes below. See you in the next episode of the Digital Marketing Agency Builders podcast.